Hello there! Thanks for listening to the Elevate Christian Church podcast. We exist as a church to connect people with God and each other. Today's message comes to us from our lead minister and preacher, Kevin Barton. We hope this inspires you, grows you, and challenges you in your faith and your walk with Jesus. Enjoy! We are going to continue with our series entitled Alive and Well. And let me just explain the premise to our series once again. We want your faith in Jesus Christ to be alive and well. We don't want you to possess a dead faith, a dormant faith, a faith that's barely hanging on, but a living, breathing faith, a faith of good health that's alive and well in Jesus Christ. And so we are in the midst of a sub-series in this series because we've been talking about prayer. If you want your faith to be alive and well, one of the best things that you can do is pray. God wants to hear from us. Uh, Last week we talked about praying during seasons of suffering, and today we're going to talk about praying for the sick. Now, before we get into the text itself, I just want to echo what I just said. God wants to hear from us. He wants to hear our voices. You may remember in June of 2013, news broadcasters across the country featured a little boy by the name of Grayson Clamp. This little boy had done something he had never done before. He was born without the auditory nerves to carry sound to his brain. And so at the University of North Carolina Medical Center, they tried an experimental surgery on him to implant an auditory nerve directly into little Grayson's brain. Well, this procedure proved successful, and millions of people enjoyed seeing the look of wonder and joy on the little boy's face when he heard his father's voice for the very first time. Take a look at this clip. Come here. It's on now. Hi, Grayson. Talk to him, Daddy. Daddy loves you. Daddy loves you. <laughs> Daddy. Yes, here. Can you hear Daddy? Get, his, get in his face, Glenn. He loves you. I love his response when he hears his father's voice for the first time. You know, just as we respond to those familiar voices around us with pleasure, I think God delights in hearing the voices from his children. When is the last time God has heard your voice to him through prayer? You know, if we ever needed to pray out to the Lord, I think that time is now with all that we're going through in our country. So why do we pray then? Well, you know, we don't pray to inform God of what we need. He already knows everything about our situation And far better than than we could devise, he knows the answer that will be best for us. I think we pray to God because God likes to hear our voices, 
but it's also in part to remind us of how dependent we truly are on God the Father. It's not just for our benefit, though. God enjoys hearing our prayers. When we come to Him in faith and make our petitions before His throne of grace, I think His heart rejoices. I think His face lights up. He loves hearing our voices. I want to jump into our text this morning. It's James chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. It says this, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. If he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, And pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And so this morning we're going to talk about praying in the context of illness, of sickness. James asks this question. He says, is anyone among you sick? Now, let me say before we get into this, that I don't think this is a blanket formula for healing sick people. I have been part of praying for someone who is sick and I have watched them with my own eyes be healed. I've watched God heal them. But I've been part of praying for someone who is sick and they still needed the surgery. They still needed the therapy. They still needed to go through chemotherapy. And I've also prayed for someone who is sick and they've passed away. Listen to what James tells us to do. He says, if you're sick, let him call the elders of the church. Let the elders pray over them. Let them anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And that prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and God will raise him up. I want you to notice that in the text, James instructs for us to call on the local elders of the church. Call on the spiritual leaders to come and pray over that person. In addition to prayer, James says, anoint them with oil. I remember about six to eight years ago, uh, I had uh, some very severe back problems. I had gone through all the the networks of specialists and, and tried different medicines and different epidurals. And it came to the point where uh, they said, listen, the only thing that's going to fix this is we're going to have to do surgery on your back. And I'll never forget, I went to Northside Hospital there and I met with the surgeon for my consultation. And he was telling me about the things he was going to do and how long this would take um, to recover from. And I just felt like I didn't want to go through with the surgery. So I came home and I called one of our elders and I said, listen, is, if it's possible, I would love for the elders of the church to meet me this week in my office and I, I want you guys to bring oil. I want to do this James chapter 5 thing. I want you to anoint me with oil, rub oil on me, and I want you to, to, to pray over me. Would you be willing to do that? And of, of course they did, and I remember it like it was yesterday. You know, I pulled my shirt up, and they put oil on my back, and they had their hands on me, and every single one of them said this beautiful, beautiful prayer. 
And like I said, that was six to eight years ago. I didn't go through with the surgery. And I feel like God healed me in that moment. I want, to, I want you to note that even though James says to bring oil and anoint the person with oil while you pray, I don't think it's the oil that is doing the healing. It is God who is doing the healing. Oil in the Bible was often used as a symbol of health and vitality. Kings were anointed with oil. The kings of Israel, it was a visible symbol of God's presence. And I think the same is true here. I don't think there's anything magical about the oil. By anointing with oil, someone with oil, we are giving a humble reminder that all healing must come from God. So it's not like the, the snake oil salesman. If you remember 19th century, you had these deceptive salesmen that would peddle around this magical snake oil that would, was supposed to cure all these diseases and, and, and ailments. It's not the oil that heals the sick person. It is God through the prayer of the saints. One of the other things that, that oil often represents in the Bible is God's Holy Spirit. And so you anoint with oil and ask God through His Holy Spirit to heal the person. You know, as I visit people in our congregation that are sick, I don't always know what to pray for them. Paul had that same problem in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. He says this, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Is it God's will, will to heal a person? Yes, sometimes. No, sometimes. Sometimes God is planning to call that child home. All I know is that when we pray, we ask the Spirit, we ask God's Holy Spirit to intercede. And my prayer is, if it is your will, God, heal your child. There are those who claim that, that God heals in every case. That it's not God's will for God's children to be sick. I think those people are both denying Scripture and life experience. Because if God always heals us when we're sick, we would never die. We must remember that we live under the curse of fallen man. We live under the curse of the flesh. Death is awaiting all of us. And so James says, if a person is sick, have the elders pray, have the elders anoint them with oil, and pray over that person. But, but, but I want to say this, if that happens and that person is not healed, A, it doesn't mean that God is ignoring that prayer. Scripture says it's appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. B, it doesn't mean that person doesn't have faith. And so when we refer back to the book of James, and James asked the question, if a person is sick, Oftentimes, when we look at that passage, for centuries, we have looked at it from a physical aspect. 
but we've never really talked about it from a spiritual side. We've always just looked at physical illness. But I think James here is also referring to those who are spiritually sick. Because look at verse 15 of the text. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. That phrase, committed sins, in the Greek text actually reads, if he has been constantly sinning. You know, there are some people in God's church that are physically fine. They are fit. They are healthy. You know, they do Pilates. They work out. They eat rabbit food. I mean, they are very, very healthy physically. But spiritually, they're sick. And they too need that prayer and that anointing. So if a person struggles from something like alcohol addiction or or drug abuse, you would have the leaders of the church pray over them, still anoint them with oil and ask for God to begin to repair the disease and the sickness they have from their soul. Maybe there's a person who struggles with pornography and it's destroying their life. Physically they're fine, but spiritually they're sick. So James would say, pray and anoint that person and ask God to help the spiritual sickness that they have. Some of you watching this, maybe your marriage is sick. It's not healthy. So you pray for God in the presence of God. That's what the oil represents. Pray for God to help change you and change your spouse. To heal the sickness of that relationship. And on and on we could go with all kinds of spiritual illustrations. So it's not just physical sickness. I think it could also refer to spiritual sickness. One other thing to note about praying for a person who is sick, either physically or spiritually, is that we have to understand sometimes it takes persistence. I mean, just because we prayed one time about something and we haven't been healed doesn't mean that we will never receive healing. We grow impatient very, very quickly. There's an example that happened in the book of 2 Kings in the Old Testament. There was a man, a a leader, his name was Naaman. And Naaman was very, very sick. In fact, he had a disease called leprosy. And in the Bible, once a person contracted leprosy, it was a death sentence. There's virtually no way uh, to to get over it. It was a life-threatening disease. Well, Naaman hears that there's this great prophet of God, this man named Elijah. And so Naaman goes to Elijah and says, hey, I want to know if you can heal me from this leprosy. And Elijah tells him, yes, God can heal you, but here's what you have to do. You have to make this long journey, go to the Jordan River, wash yourself seven times, and you'll be healed. What I find interesting is that Naaman's response is a lot like our response. He wanted to be healed right then and right there. I want you to see his response in 2 Kings 5.11. But Naaman was angry. And went away saying, Behold, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leper. 
You know, Naaman was saying, I, I, you know, I thought he would just say a prayer and wave his hands over my body. Maybe like these faith healers today, slap me on the forehead and I would be healed and make it home in time for dinner. And when it didn't happen right away, the, the text says he was angry. But Elijah said, no, go wash yourself seven times in the river. If you remember how that event comes out, Six times he goes down to the Jordan River. All six times he comes up with leprosy. He still has the disease. It wasn't until the seventh time that he was healed. It takes persistency. I know many of you have been praying for the coronavirus to go away and for our land to be healed of this terrible sickness. But you know, we don't just pray once and God wave his magic wand. And so I want to continue to keep praying that prayer. But pray it, pray it earnestly. Keep praying it over and over again. I refer to you to 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, where Paul writes these words. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. Keep lifting it up to God. Be persistent in your prayer life. In the world of sports, there's a common phrase that says this, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Let me just repeat that again. You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. And while I'm not saying praying is just a random act of tossing up prayers, hoping some of them will stick, I do believe that there is a link between consistency and potency. Those who pray often are usually the ones who see the greatest results. So pray with consistency. So how should then we pray for the sick? Like how do we pray for those loved ones who might be, even be affected by the coronavirus? Well, when it comes to praying for the sick, there are three words that come to my mind. Number one, I think we should pray aggressively because God can do immeasurably more than we can ask for or imagine. He says as much in Ephesians 3.20 where Paul writes, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. So I ask you this question this morning, how aggressively do you pray? The second word that comes to my mind is fervently, because the fervent prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. So it begs to ask this question, when you pray to God, how much passion and enthusiasm, how much fervor uh, do you pray with? And the third word that comes to mind is the word submissively. Because God's understanding of the total situation is much greater than ours. And so we pray that God will heal us if and when we submit our lives to him. I want you to see the last part of verse 16. This is where we're going to end this this morning. Um, James says this. James 5, in the, the very last part of verse 16, he says... The prayer of the righteous person has great power as it is working. 
You know, I think a lot of us read that. And we think of the sin in our lives. You know, we've been bought by, by the blood of Christ, but we're still trapped in these fleshly bodies. And we think, you know what? I, I may sin a little too much. And so I don't know that my prayers are going to be effective because this scripture says only prayers of a righteous person have power. Only the righteous prayers work. And I want you to understand something. James didn't say that those with perfect behavior, their prayers are the ones that have power. He didn't say those who are holier than thou, they're the ones that have the power and, and effectual prayers. He didn't say prayer is reserved for the chosen frozen. He says the prayer of a righteous person. In other words, people just like you and just like me. People who are sinners, but we have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. Our prayers are righteous, not because of our own righteousness, but because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And so we have to understand that if we are bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, we have power in our prayers. My model for the ministry here at Elevate Christian Church has been the words of the apostles when they asked the early church to find other people to help feed the, the widows and the orphans because here's what they wanted to concentrate on. Here's where their power source came from, Acts 6-4. But we will devote ourselves to two things, prayer and to the ministry of the Word. Prayer is how we talk to God. The ministry of the Word, God's Word, is how God talks back to us. My hope for you is that you will let the Father hear your voice. It brings Him so much delight when you come to Him in prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer. We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast today. If you'd like to learn more about Elevate or partner with us in what God is doing here, check out our website at elevatecc.com. Until next time, God bless you and thanks again.